everybody. Welcome to the latest edition of Volley. I'm Carolyn April, and as always, looking for my good friend Seth. Seth Robinson, where are you? I'm here. One last time this year. Yeah, we're wrapping things up here. 2019, closing the books. See ya. Yeah, <laughs> that was it. All done. Yeah. <laughs> good riddance, maybe. I don't know. It felt I, I, this. This one maybe didn't feel as rough. There have been other years in the past where it's like, oh, it is so good to get this year over with. This one was okay. Uh, I thought. Yeah, it's been an up and down year. Um, but I do feel like I, I don't feel like I'm in, you know, uh, just dying for the year to end and get into my vacation. But I am looking forward to getting into my vacation time in the holidays. And uh, that's pretty much coming up within a few days for me. And I think you're kind of wrapping it up today. This is it. This is it. Last chance you got to talk to me. Uh, I'm sure I'll find you at some point over over <laughs> vacation, but it will be nice to have a, a, a good break, and I'm hoping for uh, smooth sailing with family and everybody else, and uh, and uh, then we can start anew in January. That's right. So uh, our last episode was our annual 2019 in review, or our annual year in review, uh, and on that episode we mentioned that to wrap things up for the year, since we had already done the year in review, we wanted to do the whole decade in review, the 2010s coming to an end. I've seen a little bit of this, but I, maybe not even as much as I thought I would. Like It seemed like uh, about a month ago it was kind of flaring up, like all kinds of things were doing, you know, albums of the year or albums of the decade, and and whatever, but uh, I haven't seen quite as much as I thought I was going to. Yeah, I mean, usually these are a big deal. You know, maybe it's just I haven't seen a lot in the tech arena. I've seen some, you know, year, you know, decade in reviews in other topical areas. Um, but yeah, it has been a little quiet on that front. Usually you're getting, you know, the top 10 this and the top 10 that and all of those kinds of lists and um, touch points that um, have taken place over the last 10 years. But we can tackle it a little bit ourselves. Yeah, we're breaking breaking new ground here. Yeah. So well, what do you what do you think when you think back over this this past ten years? What jumps out to you? You know, there's a lot. Um, the thing that I think, from a purely technological standpoint, has been the biggest disruptor and changed the way that we not only do technology and deliver technology but conduct business is uh, cloud computing. And I, I go back to, I joined CompTIA in 2010, so it's been a decade, and that was one of the first things that we were tackling when I joined the research team was um, cloud and what does it mean? And literally was you know the birth of cloud at the time and trying to figure out and grapple with what it meant for our constituents, our membership, the industry. And um, we've been covering it for the last decade and you've done very specific studies around cloud and I've followed it from a business perspective and uh, it's been a bit of a wild ride and now, I mean now it's become it's a standard but I think it's the biggest thing that uh, shook up the industry in the last decade yeah it's definitely become mainstream um, yeah we don't do a specific cloud computing report every year and and some of them have been you know we're looking at general i t operations and we're including cloud in that uh, i i you still can see cloud getting discussed by itself but i I think that you're right that that you know cloud computing has really come into its own you know this decade become mainstream we we often at comptia have described three different eras of enterprise IT where IT behavior changed drastically at certain points, even though during you know those time periods there were a lot of innovations. Uh, and so we often talk about the main, mainframe era, 
the PC era and now the cloud and mobile era. Uh, and, and so I think it's really defined things. And, and I threw mobile in there. I think that's another one that really doesn't get talked about very much at all. You know, hardly anyone's talking about enterprise mobility anymore. Uh, but those two things change the landscape, you know, by giving people a different option for the back end uh, and then distributing the front end out much broader than it ever had been before. Yeah, I, I would agree. And, I, and I'm glad you brought up mobility. And, and I'm not just talking about enterprise mobility here, but just mobility in terms of every citizen on planet Earth, for the most part, walking around with a little computer in their pocket or their hand and how that's, I mean, over the last 10 years, that's just changed the way that people function for good and for bad. Um, but uh, but I'm trying to think back. We had the anniversary of the iPhone, didn't we? Did that happen within this decade? The the 10th anniversary did. Yeah. So okay. the, the, the iPhone was introduced, I want to say, in 2007. Seven, I knew it was, all right, it was toward the end of, close to 2010, but yep. not that. Yep. And, yeah. And like AWS was stood up for the first time around that same time frame, 2006, 2007. That's when kind of both of them started. So So neither one of these things were really born in this past decade, uh, but clearly they went from an emerging technology into not not really even just mainstream adoption, but mainstream the the foundation for IT architecture. Yeah, I mean, it's, in terms of the phones, they're almost a must-have. It's not even an, it's certainly no longer a, neat, a nice to have. And uh, if you're without one, you're almost handicapped in society. Which is, I don't know, what, you know, we want to make a value judgment on that or not, but it, it, it's true. Um, and, and I think that they've changed the way that we live life more than almost anything. I mean, cloud computing has changed the way we run businesses and the way we sell products and the way that we um, interact with uh, some in, in our work environments and also the way we kind of buy things online and store our documents and everything. But I think the phones themselves, the smartphones, uh, have changed society and they've certainly changed the younger generations that have come up over the last 10 years um, that that is stark to me. Yeah, yeah. And since we're talking about devices, one thing that kind of jumped out to me that I picked up when we were doing a little background research for this uh, is at the beginning of the decade, we were talking a lot about the death of the PC. Sales were dropping uh, and people thought that phones and tablets were and maybe new form factors we're very likely to replace PCs uh, across the board. Mm. And that didn't happen. Um, I, I think that it hit a floor, and I, I think that we were watching that for a while, but then at some point, uh, CompTIA Research, along with a few other research organizations, began saying there might be a floor on this because of business use cases, because a lot of consumers, you know, everyday people, might not end up needing a PC if they have these other devices. Uh, but businesses are going to find it hard to get away from. And I think that that has played out to be true. I think that here at the end of the decade, uh, it doesn't feel like we're very close to businesses getting rid of laptops, maybe even desktops, uh, in, in favor of tablets or phones. I, I, there's still a big debate. Every time you know a new iPad comes out, it's kind of, can the iPad replace a, a laptop? And I, I don't think that the answer is yes, Certainly not yet. No, we definitely haven't seen that. And, you know, it's interesting what we've seen over the years in some of our studies uh, when we talk to 
uh, channel providers about what they sell. And of course, the traditional channel is their, their whole background is selling hardware, and it was mainly you know devices that we're talking about here, PCs, laptops, etc. While that, that those markets have cooled because of commoditization, they have not gone away. Um, the, the, there are lots of partners out there who continue to sell uh, the PC end of things uh, consistently, which goes to your point. It kind of validates your point. The businesses haven't moved away from that at all. And and, and personally, as it comes to, to tablets, uh, I anecdotally don't see as many out there. I certainly have, don't use mine. And when I go to conferences, I used to see them in everybody's hands, and I I don't anymore. I, I you know they didn't die, but I don't I, I don't and I don't have numbers on what the current sales were this year or anything. But you're right, it, they did not eclipse uh, the old guard of PCs and 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 you know regular laptops. Yeah, I think on the consumer side, maybe tablets have found the life that people expected somewhat. Um, you know, you say you don't use, use yours. I use mine maybe a little bit less than I originally but thought that reader, I would. As, as read for reading purposes, right? Reading, watching video. I mean, not doing work, not doing work. Right, not doing work. That, yes, exactly. Right. Uh, so I think that tablets have filled in there, but they haven't found the home on on the business side. So I think, I if I if I were to guess right now, I would I feel like businesses are mostly PC and phone. And consumers are mostly phone and tablet, you know, kind of a distant second with with PC, then an even more distant third. Yeah. Agreed. It's interesting, but I don't think we're going to see the PC die. And you're right. It's a, there's a lot. You know, we do this a lot in the tech in the tech industry. A lot of pundits do this is we're always predicting the demise or death of something. Right. Right. Uh, and uh, and very few of those things actually come to fruition, which you know uh, we maybe we should stop predicting death for a <laughs> time. <laughs> uh, moving out of the the business space a little bit, one other trend that I think kind of goes along with cloud and mobile as again not being born this decade, but really coming into its own and becoming mainstream was social. Yeah. And again, we used to talk about social business. We don't talk about that very much anymore. I think it's still a major component of a lot of people's marketing campaigns. Um, but I, I it, it's taken much more hold in the consumer space and in, in the social arena. So those those three things together, I think cloud, mobile, social, were all very top of mind, emerging technologies at the beginning of the decade, and they've become mainstream. Uh, and they're still going to be in the mainstream for a while. We're not at the end of any of those trends. You know, when I mentioned these eras before, those eras, mainframe and PC, you know, lasted on the order of 25 or 30 years. And so if we're a good 10, maybe even 15 years in, I think you would still say that we're going to spend most of the next decade perfecting some of these things and maturing them. Um, and in some cases, we probably won't even come very close to to perfecting, I think, especially with social and the way that it's changed yeah. society, changed news information, um, changed connecting with people, uh, I, I think those ripple effects are going to be happening for quite a while. I agree. And and the reality is there's no hard and fast demarcation lines between eras. They bleed into one another. So, of course, there's going to be some next great things, new trends that are going to happen while the three that we were just discussing here are still going to be ongoing and everything kind of bleeds into one another. Um, so, like I said, there's no real strong 
wall between one ear and the, and the next ear. They kind of iterate into one another. I'd agree. And, uh, you know, on when it comes to social media or just social, I don't know if we want to take media out of it or not. Uh, it's an, it, I think the use of social has not reached its potential yet when it comes to business. Uh, it's certainly a consumer thing uh, for good or bad. Uh, uh, it does connect people. It's done some wonderful things there. We have, you know, there's, there's some downside obviously that we can talk about, but I think when it comes to business, some businesses are very uh, social savvy and they've been able to exploit it, um, in, in very good ways. You mentioned marketing, um, in the channel world and the vendor world, being able to communicate with the partners that you work with via social, it's, it's often a tool that is preferred by a lot of younger uh, people who get into the workforce. But I still think there's a, uh, there's a gap there as to how well the average business today is taking advantage of, of social for the good and being able to help them with their bottom line. Yeah, it's it's going to take a while. I, I think that uh, some of these trends that we're mentioning here could be viewed through the filter of thinking about the the internet. So the, the you know the internet uh, was born well, it was born well before the '90s, but I would say began becoming mainstream you know in the '90s. Mm-hmm. But when you talk about cloud computing, if you think about Facebook getting launched or some of these other tools that got launched kind of at the end of the 2000s not all of them really relied on cutting edge technology that was not available until that time. It, it really relied on understanding the, the toolbox that the internet had opened uh, and, and leveraging that to its full capacity. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what you're saying with social is even though it's been with us, even though we feel like these cycles are speeding up, I think it takes time to really embrace how this thing is working, what the pluses are, what the minuses are, and and how to uh, leverage it in the yeah. best way possible. Yeah. What is it that they say uh, about the human brain? How much? What percentage of it do we actually use? It's it's low compared. To- <laughs> I use all of mine. I- oh yeah. I'm sorry. Well, you're the ex- you're the outlier. Excuse me, but um, <laughs> we use and it's the same goes for even like software applications and things like that. You know, there's so many fun- there's so much functionality that um, I personally will I, I will pull the bookshelf on myself. But I, I you know I, there's a millions of capabilities in the everyday software that I use just to get my work done that I a don't know about b don't use. Um, so I think a lot of the, t- the things we're talking about here with social are the same. It's just not realizing the full potential. And I don't know that you ever get there. There's always those who are the superstars who understand how to fully unlock all the opportunity. But um, but I, I don't think this is unique to the social or any of the other technologies we're talking about. I think it's kind of a universal across all of these. Yeah. We've mentioned some of the, the challenges that social brings in terms of uh, privacy uh, or, or sharing information. Uh, kind of along those lines, one, one other major individual trend that I think is worth discussing over the decade is security. Uh, the, the target breach occurred this decade, which I think a lot of security professionals view as the, the first mega breach that happened that began. Um, that, was the, that was the wake up call, I yeah, think. Yeah. It really was. And uh, and since then, there's kind of been, I, I would say, more of a scramble to try to get things secured and maybe here at the end of the decade realize that you can't get them all secured. And so you have to have a different approach, one that accepts that you're not going to perfectly secure everything. And so then what are you going to do 
when something happens, not if something happens. Yeah, I think security cannot be ignored. And, and I think you're right. I think having that massive breach at Target and then subsequently we've had many more finally brought security out of the back rooms of uh, an IT department into the, you know, the light of, of the general public. And with that, and with that comes um, kind of a, like I said before, a wake-up call where we have to realize that uh, um, we, A, have to deal with this. And then in, the realization is you cannot prevent. You can do your you, – you need to be proactive and not always be in reactive mode. And the I think the, the hardest thing for people to kind of understand is there will, the, the bad actors out there are always going to be a step ahead that just is my interpretation is that this is not a problem to be solved. There's no end point on this. And so um, security will be when we're when we're doing this volley in um, 2030, you know, the end of that decade, we'll probably have security on our list again. It's one of the trends of the decade. Yeah, we, we should be so lucky as to be doing volley in another 10 years. But you're right. I think security will from now on be a moving target. Agreed. Um, I think that's a good segue into just talking generally about the maturation of the technology industry and what that has meant. And I think that's really happened over the last 10 years is that the tech industry is not just this fast moving, uh, innovative, crazy Silicon Valley kind of thing um, that operated almost a little bit outside of the rest of the industries within our global and, and, and U.S. economy. And this decade was the one in which the technology industry became just another industry that should be uh, held accountable like pharmaceutical industry or the you know, manufacturing industry or any other industrial uh, giant, uh, the automotive industry. We're now, we're that, we're in those categories now. And that's had a lot of implications, I think, over the last few years. And there's been some um, growing pains and bumps along the way. For sure, for sure. Uh, I, I agree with you. I think that the technology industry at the beginning of the decade was still somewhat of an upstart, right? Yeah. Somewhat of the, you know, maybe not the new kid on the block, but uh, not the grown-up either. Um, and... Uh, maybe it's maybe it's debatable if we're grownups now. Really adolescent, late adolescent at that point, I think. Yeah, uh, yeah and I, I I think that now the the scope of the impact that it's having on the global economy and uh, everyday life and society has put it in a new spot, uh, and it's a spot that you know, a lot of industries have held before. Uh, so this isn't really something new, but there are a lot of new angles to it uh, because of the ability to achieve scale with technology with kind of far less resource being burned um, in order to achieve that scale uh, and a lot of other things. And I, I think some of the things that we see happening when we talk about disinformation or security violations or privacy violations um, there, there can be a little bit of a case of having short memory on this. Um, you know, I, I've listened to podcasts and read things where they, they talk about when the Postal Service got started up, there were huge concerns around privacy because they thought that people would just be reading everyone else's mail. Uh, and now we don't think of that at all. Uh, to, to us, that's, that's normal. That's, you know, everyday life. Uh, and so I think that 
as an industry matures, as new things happen, you're always going to have these challenges. Now, you're always going to have a tug of war between the industry and government regulating and consumers wanting to buy in, and eventually the market kind of figures it out. Uh, but there, that doesn't mean that the industry itself uh, should just stand on the sidelines and kind of wait for these things to happen. Well, the odd psychology of the, um, at least in this country, of, around privacy is there's a lot of belly aching when, you know, oh my God, they have all my private information. And that's all well and good, but it seems that everybody's perfectly willing to give all their private information and not think about it. I mean, if you think about it, going back to social, the amount of data that you share on yourself um, and, and not worry about it. I mean, people are just so out there with all of their private data. Uh, and, and, and so it, it's an interesting thing. It's like, should we all just not care about privacy anymore? If, if nobody is private, then does it matter? It's it's an interesting philosophical question, one that's taken very differently in Europe. The Europeans are very big on on privacy, and they regulate it, and it, it's highly, highly um, watched over. As in, in in this country, it's it's an interesting it's an interesting dynamic to watch. People complain about it, but at the same time, they don't lock anything down. Yeah, and I I think that you bring up a good point that the the global nature of technology, the ease with which you can cross national borders with technology uh, makes it a lot more challenging. So if, if one country wants to regulate things in one way, what exactly does that mean? You know, if the, if the host company, if we're talking about a social network or whatever we're talking about, isn't in that country, what should the regulation look like? Uh, and I think those things were a little easier to figure out if we were talking about physical goods. Uh, but here with technology, it's a much bigger challenge. And I mean, we've got plenty of challenges, you know, inside of country borders, just figuring out, you know, how the, the country itself wants to deal with it, you know, much less trying to collaborate and, and come up with a solution that, that works across the entire globe. Yeah, unless you're going to be a country, you know, you're be be a China or North Korea that's just going to lock it all down yourself. Um, it, it is, it, it's an issue, and we don't want that. That's obviously not a good way to go. Um, but uh, you're right; it's 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 a it's a tricky issue to to, to navigate. Um, the internet and has been both um, one of the the greatest things that's ever happened in terms of technological evolution and 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 in a, in a way to free society in, in so many ways to communicate. And to do business and, um, and and discover new things, but it's also created a whole bunch of challenges. Um, and I think maybe that's what all disruptive innovation does. So if we are looking back uh, 10 years from now when we're still podcasting and we're looking back at this past decade, how do you think we're going to define it? What's going to be the, the one thing that we remember this decade for? I honestly think, from my, from my perspective, it's what we were just discussing. I think this is the decade where technology, the industry, um, really came into its adulthood with all of, all of the ramifications of that, both good, good things and bad things. And it also was the decade where technology became everybody's. So it no longer existed in the domain of geeky people and or no longer existed in the domain of those who went into the technology industry as a career. It, it really became the domain of all people and all businesses. And we've discussed that on many volleys, how you know technology permeates everything that we do and it permeates all business and it's in the consumer world, it's in our homes, and that's just going to continue. 
uh, going forward. But I think that's it. The pervasiveness and the maturation of the tech industry, I think, are the biggest things that happened over the course of this decade. Yeah, I would agree with that. The way that I was thinking about it is this is the decade when life became digitized. Yes. And that causes a whole lot of things. It causes all of the as a service stuff that we that we've seen. It, it causes you to think about the gig economy a little bit more. It causes all of these challenges that we've just been discussing. Um, but as much as we had digital technology before, this is really when life broadly speaking for a lot of people became digitized, which to your earlier point, uh, also highlights an issue of like, what about those people whose lives are not becoming digitized? You know, if you, if you don't have broadband connectivity or if you're living in a country where things are getting shut off, you know, what exactly does that mean? And so I think life getting digitized uh, kind of creates an imperative to try to make that a, a right for all people. Yeah, no, it, it creates another class system. You know, it just adds another, it just, it's another category of a class system or some sort of socioeconomic problem. Uh, you're, you are disadvantaged if you are not on the grid, so to speak, by, you know, not, there are vol- people who volunteer to be off the grid if they can figure it out, because I, I, that's tough to do. But, um, but for those who would like to be but cannot, for whatever reason, um, they are greatly disadvantaged. And, and that's something I think we as a, as a society need to kind of grapple with and figure out in the years ahead um, because it's not fair. Let's just put it that way. It's not fair. All right. Well, I think we can call that a wrap. I think so. I'd so- like to thank everyone that listens to us. We've grown this over the past four years or so, and uh, we have a lot of people that chat with us and talk to us at conferences and within CompTIA's membership that I know listen very faithfully and we really appreciate it and uh, we'd love to hear feedback uh, any you know reviews on Apple Podcasts or whatever you're listening on uh, are always helpful and again thanks to all of you that are listening yeah same here I echo that it's been a it's been a great experience I have a lot of gratitude for um, both Seth and them and our listeners and uh, so keep coming back, folks. Um, we, we really appreciate you listening in. And as Seth said, feedback is always welcome. So. All right. We will be back uh, in January. I think we're going to take one break here. Uh, so we won't be posting anything on the 27th. But you can look to hear from us on, I believe, January 10th. Yep. We'll be back. Lots of stories to tell about crazy holiday fun, right? <laughs> Hopefully. Hopefully, Hopefully it'll be fun. So All right. Sounds good. Well, listen, you enjoy your break, and uh, I will speak to you in the new year. All right. Happy holidays, my friend. Thanks. Yeah. You too. Bye.